for it to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. And that's it, folks. That's all that's here today. It's just two people. This is very much uh, going to be like when we did the hard and heavy episode. This is just me. It's Kyle. It's early Sunday morning. Kyle, are you uh, well-rested? Uh, yeah. All right. you, look, you look a lot more chipper than you looked uh, the last time we recorded. I think you were uh, hungover. No, I'm actually more hungover today than the last time we recorded. Well, then I'm going to say drink a lot then before we record. It seems to uh, bode well with you. Yeah. Uh, if you're reading the description, I don't know if you just plunge right in without reading what the, the topic is today. I'm going to tell you what the topic is. Then we're going to do something uh, else up top, and then we'll get into the topic. That didn't even make sense. Um, today we're doing a thing called uh, sequel albums. These are the, it's that rare time when a, a band or an artist will actually make a sequel album to an album previous. Yeah. So could you imagine, like, let's say that if Carol King did Tapestry 2, you know what I mean? Or, or ACDC did Back in Blacker, you know, or something like that. You know, that, that's, what we're, that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at, yeah. uh, uh, and, and I don't have another co-host here today because I really felt that I was the only one that really knew this or had this in my yeah. iTunes. So, uh, so instead of f- forcing this upon anyone else, I forced it upon Kyle because mm-hmm. he has to be here to produce anyway. And, um, but we got a lot of show for you. We're going to start out. First of all, I want to talk a little bit about Steven Tyler has a brand new uh, solo album out and it's called We're All Somebody From Somewhere. New music roundup. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Where? That kind of goes in with this because we said yeehaw in there. Yeah. And this is uh, Steven Tyler's, uh, like I said, this is his country album. So first we're going to play, Kyle's going to play, um, we're going to play uh, the title track. And I'm going to tell you why after we hear it. Let, let's hear this title track, Kyle. Okay, there are two of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Play the first one. That's good. Now. It's not as horrible as I thought it was no, going to be. But you know why that's not horrible? Why? I edited something out of the song. Oh. So now you're going to play the, what Kai was going to play now. This is exactly what is on the album. And this, the thing I edited out is so terrible. <laughs> well, I'll let you be the judge. Play this. I love that stuff. We're all somebody from somewhere. All right. So that fucking ruins the song. <laughs> the song stops and he says, and cornbread. Mm, I love that stuff. Which, by the way, Kyle, I made that into a drop already. Yeah. If you just want to isolate that and play that drop for people so they can really hate this. And cornbread. Damn. <laughs> so t- what? And now my edit was clean. Yeah. I took it right out of there, and it's so much better. This literally, I was in the car. This is track number two. I like track one. I was 
I was fine with track two. And then when that thing hit, it was like a fucking stink bomb went off in the car. <laughs> That's so bad. It's so bad. There's there's some sketchy lyrics on it, too. If you play, uh, this is the single. This is Red, White, and You. And I do like it, but there's some sketchy lyrics. We're going to play one. He said, free fallen into your yum yum. Now, I have to assume that's her vag vag. Yeah. Or her puss puss. (laughs) But I'm like, that is. A yum yum. That's terrible. Yeah. Free fallen into your yum yum. That's really bad. That's pretty bad. Although. I know it's a country album, but if this was like a Keith Urban song, that'd be like that number might, one hit. And I'm sure that's what he's going for. And <laughs> and uh, it's got 15 songs. The last two songs he does, are, he reworks Janie's Got a Gun, which is a perfect song. You don't need to do a stripped down version of that. And he also does the uh, the classic uh, song made famous by Janis Joplin, uh, A Piece of My Heart. And you don't, we don't need that anymore yeah. either. So he stripped those two songs away. We've got about 13 I'd say about nine of these are are, are are listenable. It's not terrible. It's more listenable, in my opinion, than the last Aerosmith album, which to me was unlistenable. But uh, and he sounds great. His voice, yeah, his sounds, voice sounds, his voice really sounds great. I mean, it's unbelievable how good he sounds. It's a terrible album cover. It's the album cover. There's a lot going on, and it's, the picture, the pictures inside. It must take him four hours to get dressed. Dressed. There's so many, so many spangles scarves. and bangles and. I mean, literally, he's 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 Jack he, Sparrow. Yeah, I was gonna say he looks like Johnny Depp just walking around. We know what Kyle. You did say you brought you had a, a new music roundup. Do you want to do it? Uh, yeah, I just gotta I'm gonna bring it up here. I told him no because I had one, but why not? We're doing it. Let's do it. This is my friend Nick. Uh, Nick Miller is his name. Is this a real band? It. This isn't your buddy who's got Pro Tools in his bedroom. No, this he he um. He produced this. All right. I have to play it from Bandcamp. Um, oh, Bandcamp's a good place. Yeah, so he, but he produced this himself. He, his, pretty much his favorite uh, artist, I think, is Elvis Costello. Okay. And it sounds a lot like, um, a lot like Elvis Costello. Excellent, excellent. So, hang on. Kyle's finding it. I was touting a couple weeks ago a band called the Static Cadets. They're, they're also on Bandcamp, so... uh Bandcamp, you go, you pay what you want, right? Or is it five dollars um, or something? You can, you can. Uh, I think I don't exactly know how it works. I think you can set it up to, you know, be you know five bucks or whatever. Yeah. But um, Nick's album is called No Hard Feelings, and um, you can pay what you want for it. Okay. But, uh, and I think it's on iTunes. And too. is this this is him singing also? Yeah. This singing, is him doing everything. He's doing everything. He had he didn't produce it. He had someone produce it. He's like a one man band. He's got that thing on his back. He's uh, he's got some symbols between his knees. <laughs> yep. Okay, banjo. This is called losing my hair. Yeah, pain. 
That's um yeah. At times he does sound a little Elvis Costello. Yeah, I Elvis think Elvis Costello was going a little bit country. And yeah, he does I think that sometimes. there are some more some other songs that sound a little. How more many songs on this album? Thirteen. What's it called? No hard feelings. Can you buy just one track at a time? Um, I mean, you can listen to the whole thing. You can listen to the whole thing. It's not like this free. show where you yeah fair use uh, requires but, uh, the song yeah, to play you a little bit. Give it a listen if you guys like it. You know, pay what you want for it. Um, he wrote it because he had a he had a breakup and then he just wrote it about about that. Oh, that's and, like, that's like Phil Collins face value. That's what he did. If this could be as popular as face value, this guy's made it. Yeah. All right. So, what's yeah. the cover? Is it a good cover? It is a good cover. His, uh, let me see. I'm going to decide. His sister has, Oh yeah. That's, yeah Nick, Nick Miller. Yeah. He's in front of a, a brick wall. He's getting ready to do some stand up. Yeah. He actually did do stand. That's how I know him. But there's no funny songs on this. No, it's just all, I mean, that one's called losing my hair. It's like a little, it's a little funny, but it's right. 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 But it's not, no, yeah, you know, like, no, it's not, you know, he's not falling into any yum-yum. No. <laughs> Unbelievable. So bad. He, uh, Steven Tyler references uh, Tom Petty a bunch of times in, in that. He says American Girls. He says Tom Petty. He says Free Fallen into your yum-yum, which I'm pretty sure Petty would. Oh, wow. You want to play another one? Uh, sure. Okay, play one more, then we'll move on. Okay, this is the, this is the opening track. Just It's called Just Like Before. Just Like Before. Okay. That's nice. That's a nice song. Yeah. And Nick Miller? Yeah. So if you go to nick-miller.bandcamp.com, you can find it on there. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll put a link on um, put a link on the Rock Solid page. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Hey, go go download this, uh, you know, and this guy will go, what the, what the hell happened? <laughs> Why aren't people actually buying this? He'll, he'll freak out. Is that guy on Twitter? Uh, yeah. What's it's, uh, oh, it's, oh, it's uh, at Nick M. 2192. All right. Well, that needs to change. How's he supposed to promote with that? Is he a robot? <laughs> Was he trying to be in the new Star Wars movie? Him yeah. and BB-8 are going to record a duet? Yeah. All right. Shut it down, Kyle. Okay. Okay. Here we go, folks. We are going to jump into the uh, the actual talk. That was New Music Roundup. Did we close yeah. it out with the uh, with the New Music Roundup I think thing, we, too? I actually think we're supposed to close it out with this. Okay. And cornbread. Doesn't he say more after damn? Yeah, but you it's only That's all I had? Yeah. I'll have to fix that. Mm, I, I think I like that. In cornbread, <laughs> damn. Uh all right. Great. All right. That's our Terrible. show. All right, here we go, folks. Um this is uh we're doing sequel albums. Mm-hmm. We we also might have a couple sequel songs mixed in here too. Mm-hmm. Uh the reason that I decided to do this topic is because um a couple weeks ago, uh, ABC released the Lexicon of Love Part 2. And I was like, April Richardson's been trying to get me to listen to the Lexicon of Love for, uh, for years. And a lot mm-hmm. of people kept telling me, that's an amazing album, you gotta listen to that. Uh, so Lexicon of Love came out in 1982. Lexicon of Love 2 came out in 2016. So what is that, 34 years later? Yeah. 
So what I did was I bought both of these together. That way I could listen back to back. And, uh, and I did that. And I got to tell you, um, the singer from ABC, Martin Fry, sounds amazing. I mean, he sounds, hasn't missed, lost a step, very much like Steven Tyler. Mm-hmm. Also, this new album, for me, captures the feel and the essence of what the original did. Well, that's good. So I know it's, it, I was amazed. Now the sad thing is no one's ever going to know these songs the way we know the original yeah. songs, but you know, what but are you going to do? He may, did a, maybe in 30 years when Lexicon of love three comes yeah. out. Yeah, true. And the packaging's amazing too. Like the packaging is, is right on point. Like you, you'd sit them down side by side and it just looks yeah. cool. So, uh, let's start out with, uh, something from the original Lexicon of love. Uh, this is a song everyone knows. This is Poison Arrow. If I were to say to you, can you keep a secret? Would you know just what to do? Or where to keep it? Then I say I love you. I love that bass. Oh, bow, bow. Hey girl, I thought we were the right combination. Who broke my heart? Uh, my youngest daughter uh, felt like this sounded like a made-up uh, phony song because <laughs> he says Cupid and stupid, and she, I think she thought that was stupid. But I'm like, no, honey, this is a real song. And, I'm, and, and then I said, then I got mad, and I said, you know what? Actually, every song is a made-up song. <laughs> just songs just don't, they've got to be made up. Let's hear one more from that. Let's hear, because uh, that, that was a hit. Everyone, you even yeah. know that song. Mm-hmm. Let's hear uh, something uh, a little deeper on the album. This is something called Valentine's Day. Postman don't call on Valentine's Day And Santa Claus don't come on a Christmas day That umbrella won't work on a rainy day Don't ask me, I already know Now that now that's a made-up song. Actually, that sounds a little bit more made-up, you know, when the postman don't call, when, they, when you got Santa Claus in there. I, I, everything makes sense except the postman not calling on Valentine's Day. Well, that means that means that he doesn't deliver anything to you. Yeah, that's what that means. But that's on national holiday when the when the postman. Don't <laughs> so he's call. just shirking his duty. <laughs> that's true, and he's leaving your mailbox very sad <laughs> on Valentine's Day. All right, thirty-four years later, Kyle. Here we go. Lexicon of Love two. I think this is what they released as the first single. This Saint is Patrick's Day. This no no. <laughs> Uh, this is uh, Antidote Arrow No, no, oh. it's not It's uh, Viva Love You think the world will melt if you whistle There's a certain spring in your stride You face the future like a heat-seeking missile You got yourself a smile a mile away Now, Kyle, if I had just played that and told you that was Lexicon of Love, number one. I would just assume it's from the same album. Right, because the guy really, I think the guy, like I said, Mm -hmm. really captured the essence of his original uh, recording. And let's try one more from this, and only because... Literally, these these are the albums that made me think of this topic today. So let's try a, a song called Ten Below Zero. Was it the gun? 
love it. I have to now seek out uh, more ABC music. Every single ABC album. Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm going to do? Probably. Man, I'm And you have to shuffle all of your CDs on because yeah. it goes right at the top. I've been listening to the birds. That was, that's my, oh, in Kansas, I bought birds in Kansas music. Got to be honest, the birds, I love the singles. I do not like the albums. I don't. I do not like these. And I've tr- I, I have the first four Birds albums, and I've listened to them a couple mm-hmm. times each. And I just I can't get into the. I don't. I don't can't get into the whole album, but mm-hmm. I do like the singles. Turn, 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 Mr. Yeah. Tambourine Man. So you want to be a rock and roll star? Eight Miles High. They're all good songs. All right. Uh, this next one coming up. This is. Um, and then after this, I'll let you jump in because you brought music today too. I did. Uh, this is a singer-songwriter. His name is Harry Chapin. In 1972, he released an album called Heads and Tails. And one of his biggest hits is on this album. It's a song called Taxi. So what we're going to do, Kyle, is uh, I have it queued up. So jump right into where it's queued, and then we're going to jump uh, a little further in a minute. But let's hear a little okay. bit of Taxi. It's a story song. It was raining hard in Frisco. I needed one more fare to make my night A lady up ahead waved to flag me down She got in at the light Oh, where you going to, my lady blue? It's a shame you ruined your gown in the rain First of all, to all you the Uber drivers out there, when you get a when you get a fare in the back of your car, don't say where you going, my lady blue. <laughs> I don't. I think they're going to want to get right out of the car. <laughs> I know in 1972 it was a different time. Taxi drivers could basically say anything they wanted to. They could kill people. They could kill people. They could do anything <laughs> they want. But uh, so let's jump now to uh, one minute and uh, twelve seconds. Also, into the song. don't say Frisco. Yeah, free people up there don't like that. There's a lot of things wrong with this song already. It took a while, but she looked in the mirror Then she glanced at the license for my name A smile seemed to come to her slowly It was a sad smile, just the same And she said, how are you, Harry? I said, how are you, Sue? The too many miles and the two little smiles I still remember you So let me set this up for you a little bit, Kyle. He's a, he's a taxi driver. Mm-hmm. She's a famous actress right now. Okay. Okay? And so when she gets in, he, he knows who she is, and but she doesn't recognize him at first, and then notices the name and sees the face, and so... Now they're reconnecting. I don't know if they dated in the past. I don't know if this was a girl he might have mm-hmm. had a crush on. Do you think maybe he just knows her name and she she just read his name and now they're just making small talk? <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny. It's a lot to write a song about. Uh, she said, how's the weather? But anyway, the thing is, he's her, her life has taken off and he's just, one of the lines is he's just getting high and driving his taxi. I mean, that's another thing I don't recommend for you. You can yeah. do that in 72. So... <laughs> What happens with Harry Chapin is eight years later, 1980, he releases an album, and the album's called Sequel. Sequel. And the song we're going to play now is called Sequel. And this is a sequel 
to the song called Taxi. So let's... Uh, even the, the cover is very similar. Like standing that, by that, a taxi cab. Yeah, but he's like getting out of it. Yeah. And the, the first one is like a... It's like the logo for a taxi cab, yeah. kind of with him in so, it. So uh, I think I have a cue point. Uh, just jump in right, right where I have it queued up to, and then we'll jump. I got into town a little early. Had eight hours to kill before the show. First I thought about heading up north of the bay. Then I knew where I had to go. I thought about taking a limousine. Or at least a fancy car But I ended up taking a taxi Cause that's how I got this far Alright, so what has happened, Kyle, in these eight years? Oh, he's gotten some fame. He's gotten some fame. Something's happened. He was going to take a limousine or a fancy car, but then he decided, you know what, I'm going to get back to my roots. I'm gonna get- I need to write another song. I'm gonna give uh, I'm gonna give some taxi driver a little a little of my coin. Now jump to uh, one minute and seventeen seconds. Let's find out what's happening now. The driveway was the same as I remembered, and a butler came and answered the door. The butler. He just shook his head when I asked for her and said she doesn't live here anymore. I thought she was gonna be driving the taxi. To be honest. <laughs> Oh, that would be insane. I, I really thought that would be I was going to say it and then I thought you were be like that's the twist so I didn't say it but I thought I really thought he was going to get in so this guy's a high roller now Kyle he's back in town he's wheeling he's and just, dealing he's just knocking on people's doors <laughs> <laughs> so now he wants to go see who does he want to go see he wants to go see Sue no oh he wants to go see his lady blue oh. <laughs> he wants to go see Sue so you know what we're going to do we're going to stop right there we're going to check back in with okay. uh, Harry and Sue a little bit later in the show. He's looking through the through the white pages now. <laughs> he's, he's just looking for anyone. What do you got for us? You brought some songs. You brought uh, he's, he's fucking the butler. Now. We've had a sequel. Um, we've had a sequel album where we've where we did a sequel song. Um, what do you got for us? Yeah. So this is kind of one of the first ones that came to mind when I uh, when you told me to do this. But okay. this is metal. When I told you to do when it, you asked me. Okay. Uh, the, this is Metallica's Load, and then they had another album a year later called Reload. I thought I asked you this uh, right when we started, and you said you weren't playing these. No, I said I was playing these. Oh, you were? Okay. Um, so this is from Load. This is called Until It Sleeps. songs i mean this album has some some good songs but that's i think that was the first single and this is did they change their sound a little bit with this album were they going for something different yeah um it's 
the uh, the metal the self titled Black album was the album before, like yeah. right before this, and this one. I think there were like four or five years in between the two, and this one has. And now this album's tw- that was twenty years ago. I know. <coughs> Sorry. No, <that's>, um, <coughs> so then a year later, Reload ca- came out, and this is. Um, it sold a lot of copies, but I don't think it's. Did it sell more than Load? Um. Let me see here. Load. I can't, I can't, uh, let me play this and then I'll I'll try. It said Reload sold 436,000 units in its first week. Yeah. So I'll look, I'll look up how many, I'll do your job for this. Okay. Um, So I'm going to play the beginning of this song and then I'm going to jump in, but the beginning is, is absolutely ridiculous. Okay. This is Fuel. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. So yeah, that was the people okay. make fun of that all the time. It sounds like he's just going like He sounds like he's sitting on a couch with Beavis and Buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me, give me, give me fuel, give me fuel. Okay, I got some numbers for you. Okay, cool. The uh, self-titled Metallica Black album that sold 16 million copies. That's a, that's, that's a, crazy. That's yeah. crazy. That's a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. You can't follow that up. No, I mean it's impossible. So record labels just sit tight and hopefully something will happen. Yeah. So load sells five million copies, which is that's that's a hit. Mm-hmm. That's a. I mean, it's. Not coming off the... You can't follow that Right, up. yeah. But that's, that's, that's great. Five and million. It's like, and it's what, five years later? It's five years later. And then the following year, uh, Reload sells uh, four million. So let's just say in two years, they sold, uh, they sold nine million. So they, you know, after a yeah. five-year hiatus. So that's very respectable. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favorite of the two? Um, or do you just like individual I, songs? Yeah, I don't really ever listen to either one of these. <laughs> to be honest, like front to back, but um, yeah, sometimes some of these songs will come up in the mix, and I like it. But and let me set up some ground rules too, because um, just so people know, use your illusion one and two; those don't count because those came out on the same day. Mm-hmm. Those are companion pieces, so I can't. I don't. I don't think that counts. It's well, not you like had, you had a good. You had a good uh, analogy for that because you said that. A, a movie and its sequel don't come out on the yeah, same yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back didn't come out on the same day, yeah. so that, that doesn't count. Also, Led Zeppelin II doesn't count. That's just their second album, and they were lazy on naming it. <laughs> so any they, And they got progressively lazier. They're just like, yeah, man with sticks. Man, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> look. So any... If, there's, if Van Halen II doesn't count, it's just their second album. So I'm talking legitimate sequels. Okay, it doesn't matter if only a year passed, uh, as long as some time had passed. I'll tell you what, if Use Your Illusion 1 was released and six months later, Use Your Illusion 2 came out, I would count it, but they came out on the same day. So I just don't want to get a bunch of emails, Kyle. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's go to 1975. Alice Cooper releases Welcome to My Nightmare. Mm -hmm. Let's listen to the title track. 
Welcome to my breakdown. I hope I didn't scare you. That's just the way we are when we come down. We sweat and laugh and scream here. Cause life is just a dream here. You know inside. That's some scary music. That was 1975. That was very <laughs> evil. That was very creepy. How dare you? That was very creepy. So now we cut to, is it 36 years later? Yeah. Does that, that's, that's more time than passed between the ABC albums, right? Mm-hmm. Unless I did my math wrong. ABC is 34 years. 34 years. And this is 36 years. We get welcome. Wait, no, no, no. Did I mess it up? I think so. It's 46 years. Four. Or no, no. 30. Wait, hold on. Are you going to use a calculator? Uh, maybe. It's thir- Yeah, it is 36 years. The ABC album is, is less time than we said. I think it's 24 years. I think it's... Is it? It's 82. Cool. No, that's, that's also 34 years. It that's, doesn't look right, does it, though? It doesn't look right. The math doesn't look right, because one's in the 80s and one's in the 70s. <laughs> yeah, but it, there is five years in between. Okay. The, okay. All right. Do the math that's at home, folks. Uh, so in 2011, and it's Alice's last studio album, uh, not counting the Hollywood Vampires, which uh, which is a mess. Um, this is called Welcome, and then the number two, My Nightmare. And uh, again, he tried to do very similar album looks. Yeah, it's uh, I like I like the look of this album. I like uh, I like uh-huh. both of these albums. And uh, let's hear, I'll bite your face off. She was a dirty- there but uh i wanted to get to the uh, chorus i'll bite your face off uh some things about the original welcome to my nightmare just so you know it had uh it was a soundtrack to a movie that he released uh it's kind of unwatchable in my opinion uh has the hits uh, only women bleed and it's got cold ethel and department of youth and steven and of course welcome to my nightmare and uh i liked welcome to the number two my nightmare uh very much i thought this was a really solid alice cooper album i it has some creepy songs on it. Uh, I've played the one when hell comes home. That's about a an abusive dad mm-hmm. and um, goes out and gets drunk and then comes back and terrorizes the uh, the son and the wife. And it's uh, very very creepy. I'm gonna play another one. It's a little creepy. This is um, this is under the bed. I know they're under the bed. That's where they hide. 
that's where Harry Chapin is. <laughs> I know He's gonna jump out and kill Sue. Be fed every night. It has a very like uh, Halloween mm-hmm. type feel. The movie Halloween. Under the bed. That's the. Uh, that's a Best Buy bonus track. Ooh. That's a pretty great song to be included a as a song. bonus track. So mm-hmm. uh, seek that out. But uh, that's a legitimate uh, sequel album, in my opinion. So far, we've done legitimate sequels. And now a word from our sponsors. Mm-mm-mm, Kyle, you know what I just did? What did you just do? I just had a big, nice, tasty bite of music. Mm, How did it taste? Oh, God, you know as well as I do, music. Tastes good. Tastes so good, Kyle. And why are you laughing? You don't think music tastes good? No, I do. I do. I'll tell you right now. Music tastes so good that there is actually a music festival in downtown Long Beach called Music Tastes Good. Kyle, the festival runs for three days. On Friday and Sunday, the bands are on feature curated single stages. And on Saturday, we feature four stages. People coming in from L.A. can use the Metro Blue Line. There's a stop that just is steps away from the festival. You get right off the Metro Blue Line, boom, one, two, right there. You might actually, it might actually let you out right on the stage. Wow. That's how close the, the, the stop might be. You might get right out on the stage. You might walk off the train and hand the guitarist his pick. Wow. I know. Pretty impressive. Tickets are not expensive. I don't even want to say cheap because uh, I don't want to belittle it. I'm going to say tickets are inexpensive. For three days, $120. For a three-day VIP pass, $240. Individual nights, Fridays only $25. Saturdays, $75. Sundays, $35. Great bands every night of the festival, including the Rival Sons, the RX Bandits, Living Color, and Sun Little. That's on Friday. On Saturday, you got the specials, Iron and Wine, Squeeze, and Dr. Dog. Sunday, September 25th, we got Sylvan Esso, De La Soul, Gallant, and Las Cafeteras, if I'm pronouncing that right. I'm assuming that means the cafeteria in English. I would assume. But I could be wrong. Again, that's the Music Tastes Good Festival. It's in downtown Long Beach, September 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Amazing lineup, amazing bands. If you get a VIP ticket, Farm to Table Dinner is served at features six of Long Beach's best chefs along with featured chefs from across the country in Mexico. More details on that are coming soon. Again, go to the website musictastegood.com. Enjoy music, Kyle, because it not only tastes good, it's also... Fat-free. And... Low-calorie. You got it. <laughs> musictastegood.com. Go check it out. Now, back to the show. Do you want to jump in now or should I go? It's up to you. Okay, I'm going to go. Now this one, folks, this is one of those ones where I'm, I'm deciding that the band wanted it to be a sequel. And here's why. The band is Journey, and the first song I'm going to play is from an album called Escape. And the way that that is spelled on the album is E5C4P3. So yeah. let's hear a little bit that's of... That's also my favorite uh, Star Wars. That's, that's another <laughs> droid. great uh, droid. Uh, let's hear a little bit of uh, Keep On Running. 
is crazy on that song it's so high i don't think i've ever fast. heard that song do you like that song yeah it's good yeah escape is the whole album is great yeah it really is okay vd 5 c 4 p3 yes that's the album i made <laughs> now kyle we cut to 2011 now we have to do math again that's just 30 years that's easy yeah that's 30 that's 30 years uh they really and this is the last album they released this is with a uh, new lead singer arnel pineda mm-hmm. and this album is called eclipse and they spell it E-C-L-1-P-5-3, mm-hmm. Eclipse. And both albums have the Scarab spaceship on the front. Mm-hmm. And I think Journey was trying to trick us into thinking this was somehow uh, a sideways sequel to Escape. It's also weird that they use the three for an E, but then also have a regular E at the beginning. It is kind of weird. It is kind of weird. But if... but. It, I guess it's kind of like you got to start with the E, and I I know what you mean. It's almost like um, it's like a mirrored like, image, yeah, yeah, exactly, or parentheses or something. Yeah. But this is a song. Uh, this is anything is possible. First of all, when you play it back to back, Arnel Pineda's voice is very good, but there's some type of a, a, an effect or something they're doing in the recording of this that doesn't sound as uh, fresh and exciting as Steve Perry's voice mm-hmm. on Escape. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's what I'm going to say about this. This to me is like a trick. They were trying to trick us into thinking this was like some type of a sequel and Eclipse is an unlistenable album in my opinion. <laughs> it is unlistenable. It's like all the songs are really long, even and and I and it's very prog rocky, but not good because that's not what Journey does. Mm-hmm. You know, if you took uh, you know, if you took Yes in 1975 and said, "Hey, make a bunch of three minute hit singles," it wouldn't have been good. It wouldn't have been true to what they do. So, um, it would have just been a guitar solo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this album was very disappointing uh, to me too because it came off of the first Arnel Pineda album, Revelation, which is fantastic. I mean, that sounds like a sequel to Escape, really. But this is, uh, and they haven't made another. They haven't made an album since, mm. and they can't. They can't close out their legacy with with this album. No, I mean it's just it's not it's not good. I don't know. I don't know if there's big Journey fans out there. You guys can tell me what you think of Eclipse, but I just. Uh, not a fan. I see. What do you got, Kyle? 
Would you call that a sequel? You see what you see the covers. You see what they're doing. Yeah, I, yeah. It's a sneaky sequel. Yeah, a sneakle. It's a sneakle. <laughs> Wait, isn't that with Alvin and the Chipmunks? No, that's the squeakle. <laughs> mm, all right. What do you got? I'm going to let you play. Um. So this is. This is also, I think, a sneakle. Um, because we've talked about it before. Okay. Um, this is, and I'm surprised you didn't bring this. This is uh from the album Heroes by David Bowie. Because then he had, then he released the next day, which I think is a sneakle. Because the, well, covers, yeah, the covers are similar, and we already agreed that we could be heroes just for one day. And yeah. then that's when I said, "But what about the next day? Yeah, what happens?" So, yeah, I think this is. I, I this will is allow a, it. I think this is a sneakle. <laughs> um, at least it has it has the same singer. I like that we coined a phrase sneakle. Um, so this is. Uh, it has the same singer, Kyle. <laughs> All right, that slipped by me for a second. Um, this is a uh, Beauty and the Beast okay. from Heroes. Something in the night, something in the day. Nothing is wrong with darkness. Something's in the way. This is the slaughter in the air. Protest on the wind. Someone else decided. Someone could get skinned. Love that song. Yeah. This was also 36 years in between these two. Wow. Um, and then, so then this is from the next day. Um, and this is called If You Can See Me. Now you can say I've got a gift of sorts. The fear of real windows and swinging doors. A love of violence and song is so good yeah i have to actually i gotta be honest with you i like uh the next day better than heroes and here's oh. why the heroes has four instrumentals mm. in a row that's oh that's right on side two and that. i'm just not i like i like lyrics and and vocals and um and uh especially when it's david bowie i mean the, the instrumentals mm -hmm. are good but for this is just for me personally i'm sure no one else will say they like the next day better than heroes mm -hmm. but uh Man, I do. I think I think the next day is one of his best albums ever. I mean, it just it just kills it the whole way through. Yeah. Sneakle. It's a sneakle. What do you think about the next day? You like it? I do. It rocks. It does rock. It's so weird. The he made like five videos and they're all weird and the whole thing's great. Yeah. It's just great. <laughs> hey, could you do me a favor? Yeah. Could we check in with Harry and Sue? Maybe drop us in at two minutes and nineteen seconds. Oh uh, yeah, I wonder. Wonder what they're up to. I don't know. <laughs> what if he was just like I was moving the body into the <laughs> lake? <laughs> that would be great. And the look on her face as she opened the door was like an old joke told by a friend. It'd taken ten more years, but she'd found her smile, and I watched the corner start to bend. Is he serving her papers? And she said, 
how are you, Harry? Haven't we played the scene before? I said, Fuck you, Sue. So good to see you, Sue. Had to play it out just once more. She said, Harry, are you a stalker? Do you think, do you think she didn't tip? And so he was coming back eight years later and going, yeah, you kind of stiffed me and that's kind of bullshit. Now that I have some fame, I know that you have to tip more when you're famous. You have to tip almost 100% when you're famous. So you kind of I was, fucked up, Sue. I, I had a theory that you had to, so I became famous just to see if it was true. Seriously. And it was. <laughs> so I'm putting it right in your face, Sue. Fuck you. Uh, and then he threw a five in her face, $5 bill right in her face. That's not what really happened. I like that uh, he even uses the same line. How are you, Harry? How are you, Sue? Yeah. Played the scene out before. So he's calling attention to it. Yeah. I don't think you can listen. Here's why this is a sequel song. I don't know if you can listen to it apart from the original. I, don't hey, think I love it. I love this song. It's called sequel. I don't oh, think there's anything before it. Have you ever heard the, the, the original, the other version, Taxi? I don't know what you're talking about. No, no. it was the first song. The, the, oh, the show. I've seen that show. No, 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 no. There was a song called Taxi that Harry Chapin wrote like in 72. Mm, big, big Yellow Taxi? No, no, no. That, that's, a, <laughs> that's a song by Joni Mitchell. This is, this is just Taxi. It's about Harry and Sue. Mm, uh, no. All right. No, this guy. No, I, I, this is about Harry and Sue. I, oh, forget it. <laughs> All right. This is a straight up legitimate sequel. And uh, let's rock a little bit. This is Queensryche from 1988. From Operation Mind Crime. I'm sorry, Operation Colon Mind Crime. I love this song. I don't believe in love. like that song yeah I, know, song. I didn't not, think you liked queens i don't like queens but i do like that song and i actually like a couple of the songs we're going to play I, I don't like uh the reason i don't like queens is because i i find uh i find their singer jeff tate not not our friend jeff tate yeah even though it's spelled exactly the same way really yes i'm talking about uh i'm talking about singer jeff tate not tate out of tate but singer jeff tate i don't like how he looks he looks fake. He's very weird looking. Yeah, he doesn't look like a real person. Like, he looks like... Yeah. And I'm not always a fan of the high singing yeah. all the time. By I mean, I like, I like Maiden and I like Judas Priest, but I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't know why these guys were just never on my radar. He, lo- he looks like when they get a white actor to play like an mm-hmm. Egyptian in a movie. Yeah, 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 ex- exactly. Yeah, you're right. He looks like a... He looks like a Joel like, Edgerton in that... Uh, uh, the yeah. gods of Egypt. Yeah. No, whatever that is. Yeah. But Jeff Tate is King Tut or something like that. <laughs> this is a shock. Uh, Operation Mindcrime uh, only went platinum. I thought that was like a that would yeah. I would have assumed that was multi platinum big success. 
But I guess that came with the uh, the album after that, which uh, contains Silent Lucidity. Mm-mm. That album was called Empire. That sold three million. But I I really thought that Operation Mindcrime uh, sold more than that. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're gonna cut to 2006. How many years is that, Kyle? Let's figure this out. Twenty. Uh, Twenty what? Eighteen. Is it eighteen? Yeah. <laughs> is it twenty minus two? <laughs> yeah. So eighteen years later, we get Operation Mind Crime Two. Mm, this sold one hundred and fifty thousand. Mm, they couldn't. They the probably cover thought is not great. They probably thought. How does it compare with the original cover? That well, one? it looks similar, but the there's there's black and white on the original cover, and the original cover is like kind of a. Just like a bunch of people in a crowd, yeah, like coming towards the the screen. There's mm-hmm. kind of like a big animated looking face mm-hmm. in the background. The new one has like two, just like it looks like a Red Hot Chili Peppers mm-hmm. cover. It's like two dudes with their tongues sticking out. They have a bunch of piercings. Then it's in the middle is a man holding a gun, but instead of a head, he has a dog head. Yeah, and this is a, <laughs> and these are both. Um, I see that. So, so it's I'm not looking at it now. But it does, but it is similar to the, in theme. Yeah, but it's just. Now, these are both concept albums, and I'm not going to get into the story because I don't give a shit. (laughs) I don't care. I mean, I'm sure this is some crazy, I mean, if you're a Queensryche fan, you can probably sit down and tell me the whole story and what it means, and I'll just stare off into the distance. about corporate America stealing everyone's mind. I'm sure that it is. I'm sure you've (laughs) nailed it, Kyle. But uh, let's listen to a couple songs from Operation Mindcrime 2. Because uh, it has some good songs on it. So let's listen to I'm American. Now I don't know if it's uh, if it's the way he's singing this song, but his uh, his voice seems to have lost a little of the uh, that's what I was thinking. Jeff Tate uh, sound, but let's see if maybe he gets it back on this uh, another song from Operation Mindcrime Two, rearrange you. almost like they put some effect on it yeah. and then hide it behind the guitars. Yeah. It's, Every time he hits a... But I do note. like... I like uh, I like all three of those songs I just yeah. played. And mm-hmm. I, I two of those I had never heard before. I never heard any of them. Operation Mindcrime 2 yeah. album. Yeah. Well, like apparently no one did. <laughs> 150,000 <laughs> people did. I bet there's people that would tell you it's better, man. It's way better than the first one. And the story, man, I mean, it comes full circle. Yeah, and, uh, really. When they bring down the, the man, you know, in, in favor. Oh, shut up. Um, track 12, they bring down the man. It's great. Let's jump. You know what? I'm going to see what track two. 
track 12 is called. Don't look it up. I got it right here. Uh, circles is track 12. So that means they came full circle. Full circle, Kyle. Multiple times. 17 songs on this. That's too many. That's a lot of songs. But they're telling a story. <laughs> they're telling a story. One Foot in Hell, Hostage, Signs Say Go, The Chase, Murder is one of the songs. All right, let's lighten up the mood a little bit, Kyle. In, um, in 1980, uh, some people would say this is one of the funniest movies uh, ever released. Uh, if you watch it, it's just nonsense from top to bottom. There's no real plot. There's no real plot. Like, you could not get this movie made now with just just by saying, hey, here's what happens. It takes place on a golf course with some caddies, and they hang out in a <laughs> But uh, let's hear, and I'll explain this in a minute. Let's hear Kenny Loggins from 1980. This is I'm All Right. The theme from Caddyshack. I'm all right. Nobody but about me. Why you got to give me a fight? Can't you just let it be? So that is from 1980. That is a uh, theme from Caddyshack. Mm-hmm. I'm all right. I love that song. That's a fun song. You like that? Do you like that song at all? Yeah. As, as a, what do I want to say? As a, how do I, what am I trying to say? Like you like that song because you think about the movie and it's, yeah. it's kind of a fun bouncy. It's like a footloose. It's like a danger yeah. zone. It's a Kenny Loggins soundtrack song. Mm-hmm. So here's what happens, Kyle. Eight years later, they released Caddyshack 2. Oh, I assume they got everyone back for it, right? Um, are you saying is Bill Murray in this? Yeah. No, no, he's not. Yeah. Did they? Well, they probably use the same the same kid who is. No, no, no. Oh. But the good thing is Rodney Danger. Oh no, I'm sorry, he's not in it either. Uh, and um, oh, Chevy Chase is in it though. He's got oh okay. It's like in a cameo. It's like a cameo oh. role, and he wears a dangly earring for some. Uh, I don't know why, but no, Caddyshack too. It's so. <laughs> It's such a mess because, like, I remember when it, Dan Aykroyd is now the groundskeeper. Terrible. Yeah. He talks like, the, I'm going to get them go for it. It's just like, uh, it's <laughs> so horrible. And they replaced um, Ronnie Dangerfield with Jackie Mason. Well, I don't know if he was having a big comeback at the time, but I got to be honest, Jack, Jackie Mason, not on your radar when you're a, a kid or a 20 year old. I was 20, I was 24 when this came out. I didn't care about Jackie Mason. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a fucking mess. This movie is just a mess. And here's here's what is I, it the same club? Uh, Bushwood. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think Ted Knight. I don't know if he's did he pass? Was he gone by then? I don't know. But he's not in it. He might have passed. Let's find out when Ted Knight died before I continue my rant on Caddyshack. Um, yeah, when, he died eighty six. Yeah, so he's not in it. Well, Ty, it, it should have been. It should have started with that guy's funeral. Yeah, and they're having a you know they're going to play a memorial mm-hmm. golf outing for him, so everyone's back, and then hilarity ensues. That's what it should be. And I think Jackie Mason plays. Is he the brother? Is he supposed to be the brother of? Um, I think you're right. I think he's the brother of Rodney Dangerfield's 
character. Well, I don't know. I'm really Jewish, and Rodney Dangerfield doesn't seem Jewish to me, but I'm Jackie Mason. <laughs> I talk like this, and we're going to go to the shack. We're going to get a Caddyshack. That's the worst. So, yeah, he plays, um, he plays uh, Jack Hartunian. Who does, uh, who does Rodney Dangerfield play? Do we know? Um, someone's just screaming at their iPod right now. That's okay. Hold on. I'm looking at Oh, I, I clicked on it really quick. Rodney Dan- no, Rodney Dangerfield plays uh, Al Serzik. So I don't know where the so it, it, it they couldn't even make him the brother. Randy, it's, Randy Quaid's in it. It's a fucking mess, and it's 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 uh, and, and and Harold Ramis has a screenwriting credit on it, which I can't believe. But um, I remember seeing this at the theater. That was before you knew a bunch of stuff. Like I think when I went to the theater, I think I thought Bill Murray and everyone was in it. You know what I mean? Because that's yeah. when you really didn't pay attention. Well, the other thing, the poster is like is like a drawing, and everyone kind of looks like. Yeah, it could be someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just so... T- but anyway, they did go back to the well and get Kenny Loggins. That's the one guy they brought back. <laughs> and he sings the opening theme to Caddyshack. Listen to the lyrics here because he just... It's like he just references other stuff. And this song... I, I, I don't mind this song. It's not as good as I'm All Right. But this is uh, from Caddyshack 2. It's a sequel. It's Nobody's Fool. Back to the shack. Back to the shack. Learn to be the ball. Can't keep from laughing at all. He's trying to tell us it's going to be a funny movie. Loggins was nobody's fool because he said he thought, oh, you know what, man, I can make some money from this. It doesn't matter if the movie is. I, I can I can make up a song in the shower and make some money off of it. <laughs> I know it's just uh, the whole the whole Caddyshack too. The whole thing's lazy. The yeah. whole thing they couldn't even get uh, they couldn't even get uh, uh, the kid back. Danny Noonan wouldn't even come back. What's he doing? I know. What were any of those? People? <laughs> I mean, I understand if they if you couldn't get Bill Murray at that time, he's like because he doesn't want to revisit. Anything. I think mm-hmm. they had to hold him at gunpoint to do Ghostbusters 2 mm-hmm. at that time. But um, they have to hold me at gunpoint to watch mm-hmm, it again. Kyle. <laughs> uh, I'm All Right went to number seven. And let's see. Nobody's Fool went to number eight. So good for yeah. you, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Did Kenny write that? Sure, he did, right? God, yeah, God he wrote it. Kenny Loggins and a guy named Michael Towers. Cashing a check. Who wrote I'm All Right? Let's see what happened there. Kenny Loggins solo. Mm-hmm. He's splitting the money a little bit the next time. There you go. Nice. That's a, that's a sneakwell. Sneakwell. Sneakwell in the songs. You want to jump in? You got something for us? I do have something for us. Um, so this is, this is a man who makes a lot of sequels. Okay. Uh, movies and albums. All right. This is, this is Rob Zombie. This is from his album, Hellbilly Deluxe, from 1998. It's called Hellbilly Deluxe, 13 Tales of Cadaverous Cavorting Inside the Spook Show International. That's a long title. (laughs) Um, And this is probably like the most famous song from this album. It's called Dragula. 
That's Dragula. Yeah. Not right. Dracula. Drag. Drag. Yeah. Play on words. It's a drag, man. Um, and again, that was from Hellbilly Deluxe. Yeah, the, fir- the first one, which... Um, Hillbilly Deluxe, 13 Tales of Cadaverous Cavorting Inside the Spook Show International. Okay. And the second album is called Hellbilly Deluxe. Hellbilly. Hell, yeah, Hellbilly. Hellbilly how, how I feel after <laughs> I eat some bad tacos. It's Hellbilly, Hellbilly Deluxe 2. Um, Noble Jackals, Penny Dreadfuls, and the Systematic Dehumanization of Cool. wonder if anyone... If, if, do you think there's people that when they say, they, they have to say the full title <laughs> just because they're like those kind of people. Yeah, Like they, can, they just can't say Hellbilly Deluxe 2. They have mm-hmm. to just go the whole way. What if this was a, del- what if they released a deluxe edition of this? Would it be Hellbilly Deluxe 2 and then that whole title and then the deluxe edition? Probably. All right. What do you got from this one? Uh, the deluxe dehumanization uh, edition. Uh, this, okay, so this is a song from Hellbilly Deluxe 2. Hellbilly Deluxe 2 was released 12 years later in okay. 2010. That's a nice, that's a nice uh, as a chunk s- of time. As a similar similar cover. He's kind of like a monster on the first cover and mm-hmm. then it's just him on the second cover with like some bandages. And okay. then this song is called Werewolf Women of the SS, but it is based on the the trailer he made for Grindhouse, which is Werewolf Women of the SS that has uh, Nicolas Cage in it. Oh my goodness. So this is this is that song. But I want to play the, I just played like in the middle, but let me play the intro of this because this is from that, the trailer. I like these album covers. They, those are nice uh, companions. Werewolf women of the SS. So yeah, it's, just, it's taken directly from the trailer he made. Oh, so. that, play that guitar again. It has a little bit of that Dick Dale. Play that again. The truth about Hitler's diabolical plans to create a race of superwomen can be told. Werewolf women of the SS. Yeah. This is this is sequeling all over the place with uh, stealing from uh, from some Dick Dale. It's doing mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of stuff's happening on this. Good choice, Kyle. Thanks. I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have uh, known about this. I might not have picked it. But, or cared. Uh, or cared. No, I like <laughs> tell you who I do care about, though. I care about what's happening with our friends Harry and Sue. Oh, what are they up to? If we could check out sequel, maybe you jump in at uh, three minutes and three seconds, because I, I, these these poor kids. She said, I've heard you flying high on my radio. I answered, it's not all it seems. That's when she laughed and she said, it's better sometimes when we don't get to touch our dreams. She said that was somebody else And then I asked her why she looks so happy now She said, I finally like myself
Oh, so here's what's mm-hmm. happening now. She, he's, he's on the radio, so he's very successful. Mm-hmm. He's telling her, I think he's downplaying it a little bit because he knows that she's now. Mm-hmm. He's know. like, hey, I haven't seen you in a movie for a while. Yeah, hey, hey. I, I saw you in Caddyshack too. Yeah, that was good. You were great in that. Couldn't they get anyone back? Man, I guess you needed the money, right? Cashing that check. But but I like how he's downplaying. Nah, it's you know it's fine. Sure, I'm on the radio, but it's 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 yeah, okay. It's fine. And she's saying she did not like acting. That's what she's saying. She's lying to herself because <laughs> being an actress is the best thing ever. You get your own trailer. People, Food every people day. love you. They you dote get on you. Trainers. You get to yell at people. You get awards. You get awards. It's all you do is they give you lines on a page and you repeat them. It's 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 the best job ever, and everyone knows it. If you want you want to be an actress, even men want to be actresses. Yeah, yep, that's how it works. All right, let's jump into. Uh, I'm not a big fan of this band. I like I like the popular songs, or I don't know if they ever really had hits per se, but the songs that you know, the FM staples uh, from Jethro Tull. And this is from 1972 from the album called Thick is a Brick. The song is Thick is a Brick, but it really isn't because it's kind of a piece of like a big longer 20-minute song, but in mm-hmm. order to get a radio hit of some sort, they like took a chunk out of this big long song. But anyway, let's hear Thick is a Brick. Flute. Yes. I know. The guy plays the flute. I know. I may make you feel, but I can't make you think. Your sperm's in the gutter, your love's in the sink. So your ride sails over the fields, and you make all your animal deals, and your wise men don't know how it feels. You'd be thick as a brick. Now, I'm reading it, uh, Thick as a Brick was a highly acclaimed parody concept album. I don't know what the parody, I don't know what the parody was. Themselves? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yes, and you, you were mentioning the flute. Ian Anderson plays flute. Mm-hmm. That's, his, that's his instrument of choice. Yeah. Um, I don't know that that's the, uh, the coolest looking. Uh, he doesn't play the skin flute, Kyle. He plays the flute. Oh, oh okay. I was trying to imagine it. So now this is this is the longest time between sequel albums I think that we have on the show today. This is uh, forty years. Forty years, two thousand twelve. This is recent. He releases, but he doesn't release it as uh, Jethro Tull. This is under Ian Anderson, mm-hmm. but this is uh, this is thick as a brick too. Now, the the album covers are cool because the first thick as a brick is like a newspaper, right? And, and the, the second, second is like a website, it's a web page. So. Cool. Um, now it looks like a really shitty web page. Yes, it looks like a terrible uh, <laughs> website. But um it's also uh it's subtitled it's uh, thick as a brick 2. It says it's a brief even thicker. <laughs> 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 Whatever happened to Gerald Bostock? Well, look, I don't know what happened to him in the first place. <laughs> and I don't care. Hey, well, like, how could you miss him? He was as thick as a brick. <laughs> no, that guy was fat. You think he lost weight? That's what I think it was. 40 years later, here's what happens. He's going to his 40-year high school reunion, and he decides, I'm going to fucking show up 
and look the best I've ever looked. And all those bitches that turn me I down. I'm thin as a pin. <laughs> <laughs> if the sequel to this was Thick as a Brick 2, colon, thin as a pin, I would buy it and I would give it to everyone for Christmas. All right, let's hear a song called, what one do I have queued up here first? Uh, Swing It Far. Mr. Channing's good housemaster Hello. seemed instinctively to understand. Very nice man. Touched me with his gentle presence <laughs> under bedclothes, underhand. Okay. I think I know what happened to Gerald Bosco. Okay. I think we have a whole pedophile thing going on here. Do you? That was creepy. He said under bedclothes, right? Yeah. Touch me. Well, he's helping to work out. I don't know. I didn't hear any. I didn't hear him say like, "Let's do another set," or uh, mm. "It's all you." I don't think they're working out. He's Kyle. just massaging the fat off of him. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, make that was some, make something else thick as a brick. That was creepy. That was. I gotta. Admit, that was creepier than anything yeah. on Welcome <laughs> to My Nightmare One or Two. Okay, right, we're gonna go. This next song is called "Old School Song" from Thick as a Brick Two. There's the flute. Playing fields to killing fields, just one small step of madness. Officer training uniform, boys together, shower together. It said boys shower together. Rank and power can be just fine, but that's not what we're here for. So sign upon the dotted line, be commissioned, help a letter. All right. Um... It sounds good. He sounds good. The music sounds good. Uh, I, I guess if you're a fan of Thick as a Brick, this seems like it's going to pick up where that morbid mm-hmm. story of pedophilia left off. Yeah. So, uh, creepy. What's the headline of the Thick as a Brick um, album cover? Judges disqualify Little Milton in the last, in last minute rumpus. Hmm. Rumpus means butt. <laughs> so there's some, there's some dealings going on here with these gentlemen. Well, it's a, it, the album is a musical adaptation of an epic poem by the fictional eight-year-old genius, Gerald Bostock, Okay, which was written by Ian Anderson. Okay. And so the sequel, uh, then, uh, then Gerald Bostock would be 48 years old at this time? I would assume, yeah. Sounds creepy. I don't want to know anything else about it. <laughs> I want to get out of it. <laughs> it seems like a legitimate sequel, though. The album covers uh, go together. Yeah. Title is the same. The only thing that's a little, a little, I guess Jethro Tull might not have been a recording entity in 2012. I think, Ian, yeah. I think when he tours now, I think it might be Ian Anderson's Jethro Tull. Mm-hmm. It's me. I'm the guy. And then these are my side people that each make a hundred bucks a mm-hmm. night. The follow-up album presents five divergent hypothetical life stories for Gerald Bostock, including a greedy investment banker, a homosexual homeless man, a soldier in the Afghan war, and a sanctimonious evangelist preacher what sounds like a total bore (laughs) (laughs) oh and uh, and one that's where he's a most ordinary man who runs a corner store well isn't that great all right let's move on have you played one recently how long has it been uh i just i played i played one then you you played and then i played sue and harry yeah and then i played this all right let's cleanse the palate here let's um Let's go to 1975, Elton John and Bernie Toppin's uh, amazing album called Captain Fantastic mm-hmm. and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Let's hear the big song off this 
first. This is uh, Someone Saved My Life Tonight. His voice is amazing on this. Prima donna, Lord, you really should have been there Sitting like a princess perched in her electric chair And this one more beer and I don't hear you So this album is an autobiographical account of the early musical careers of Elton John, who was Captain Fantastic, mm-hmm. and Bernie Taupin, who was the Brown Dirt Cowboy. And that was released in 1975. I also want to hear the, uh, the title track, which is, of course, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. Captain Fantastic Raised and regimented Hardly a hero just someone his mother might know Very clearly a case for Cornflakes and classics Two teas both with sugar please In the back of an alley While little dirt cowboys so now, it's 31 years later, yeah. and they release an album called Cat, The Captain and the Kid, and this is the 29th studio album from Elton John. It's, it is the second autobiographical album with Bernie Taupin, and this picks up where the last one left off. This is where the Brown Dirt Cowboy is now a captain, and he comes <laughs> <laughs> looking for... <laughs> Captain Fantastic. No, no, the Captain and the Kid. It chronicles the events of their lives over the past 30 years. Captain and the Kid. So let's listen to the title track. Growing from next to nothing to a giant eating up your town. Call up the tealies and the taros at the gypsy watch it seized in the palm of a hand. This whole song has references to their their past 30 years career. I really like that song a lot. Captain Mm -hmm. and the Kid is actually a a really great album. Uh, It's very uh, 10 songs, top to bottom. I really enjoy Mm -hmm. this this album. So that's uh, that's definitely a sequel because they're they're telling me it is. 
Yeah. The album covers do not are not sequel like album covers. No. Um, but I think they were crazier in 75 than they are in 2006. Mm-hmm. So 2006 is, uh, it's kind of like, uh, he's got a grand piano out on the prairie kind of. Yeah. And then Bernie Toppin is actually, uh, on a horse. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Uh, also, uh, things that are the same. Davey Johnstone is, uh, still on guitar on both albums and Nigel Olson plays drums on both albums. Mm. So, um, there you go. That's it. Nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You want to jump in here with something? You got something else for us? Sure. Uh, is this a sequel or is it a sequel? No, this is a sequel. This is um, this is System of a Down. In two thousand five, they released two albums, but not on the same day, like five or six months apart. Um, so this is from the first album. Uh, these were their last two albums, so they haven't had an album since. What since are they these. called? Some System of a Down or yeah. Simpson? Simpson of a Down? Yeah, Simpson of a Down. Uh, Simpson of a Doe. Um, the first album is called Mesmerize, and the second one's called Hypnotize. So this is sta- Sad Statue from Mesmerize. Okay. Space are rearranged in this little piece of typical tragedy. Justified candy brandy for the nerds. Eloquence belongs to the conqueror. You and me will all go down in history with a sad statue of liberty and a generation that didn't agree. You and me will all go down in history with a sad statue of liberty and a generation that didn't agree. Both these albums are just about, they're very political. They're about. I gotta be honest too, I'm looking this up. Uh, the first album's 36 minutes and the second album's 39 minutes. It feels like yeah. they could have just made this one album. Yeah. But they didn't. They wanted to uh to rip off the uh <laughs> the music <laughs> buying public. These albums uh, what like what's a band like this sell? Mesmerize went platinum and so did Hypnotize. So Yeah. I guess that's good. Yeah. And they kind of s- sort of similar album covers. Yeah. If it was more companion-y, though, than Yeah, it might be, might be a little more companion might, might be, you know, Rick Rubin produced both of these. Um, so this is... This might the, be a sequel. Okay. This Although they didn't come out on the same day, yeah. so... All right. It's like, uh, it's like Lord of the Rings. I will allow it. Um, this is from the second... Uh, this is from Hypnotize, and this is called Lonely Day. Such a lonely day Shouldn't it? Yeah, this got uh, pretty good critical reviews. Why uh, Why haven't they released an album in uh, 11 years? Are they broken up? No, because I just saw them like two years ago at the forum. Um, I just think they just... Uh, Serge, uh, the lead singer, has released like a few albums. Serge, okay. now that's the character from uh, Beverly Hills Cop that <laughs> yeah. uh, 
that talks to uh, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Right? Serge? Yeah. Isn't yeah. that him? <laughs> yeah, Serge uh, Tonkian, I think is how it's pronounced. This is his last name. The guy from Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> is Serge Tonkian, right? <laughs> Button it up. We don't want to see a bunch of hair on the chest. It's not nice. It's not good. People don't like That's my uh, Serge. I don't know if that sounds at all like <laughs> In my headphones, it did a little bit. Uh, find that clip. Find that. Uh, find that Beverly Hills Cop clip for me. I'm gonna find out that character's name. Uh, we need a. We need a, a drop in that says tangent. <laughs> I don't think we need a drop in. Tangent time. Let me find out this character's name. It is Serge. <laughs> it's Serge. Yeah. What's his last name? I don't know. This is uh, Serge and Ahmed. Yes, Serge. It's just Serge. Yeah. Is it spelled? And how can I help you? Um, yeah, I'm looking for Miss Jenny Summers. Spare busy today. <laughs> Maybe you'll give me your name? My name's Axel Foley. And uh, what is portaining? Portaining. I didn't understand what you Achmel. said. Akmel. Portaining, what it's meaning, regarding. Oh, what's it regarding? I'm an old acquaintance of hers. Danae? <laughs> One moment. Don't run and tell me, Summers, that uh, Mr. Ahmed Foley is here to no, see. Axel Foley. Axel. Ahmel. Ahwell. Axel. Foley is here to see her. He's <laughs> our acquaintance. That, um, I bet they busted up laughing. Because, I mean, I, I, come on. I know Eddie doesn't like anyone else being funny in the same frame as him. But, but you got to give it up for Bronson Pinchot and that. He, uh, he doesn't even like being funny in the frame. <laughs> Lately. No, I, I, there's a, he's also they brought him back for Beverly Hills Cop three because that was a disaster. So since we're talking sequels, can we find Bronson Pinchot scene from Beverly Hills Cop three? Does he play the same character? Of course, Kylie Surge, the uh, singer from System of a Down. Uh, Would you like to, them to record an album with <laughs> with him? this guy? Yeah, I think yeah, that would be pretty on vocals. That'd be all right, I think. Uh, hang on, there's an ad. Of course there is. The art gallery is completely bankrupt in the toilet. <laughs> Why? Because we had an owner who was obstinate and stupid and ignorant. You shot him, remember? You oh, remember right. him? Yes, I shot him. What are you doing there? I'm doing guns. Come and look. Come and look. Less this is, is my booze, and it's the survival booth. The, 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 yeah, the other clip is like two minutes long. This is five minutes long. Five minutes of bullshit. <laughs> Mispronouncing words. They're like, you know what we need? We need <laughs> Bronson Pinchot back in this thing because, boy, Beverly Hills Cop 3 is a stinker. Yeah. It's like, it's like Caddyshack 2 stinkeroo. <laughs> it's that bad. Like Beverly Hills Cop 2 is more of a, an action movie. It's directed by um, Tony Scott. It's more of an action movie than it is a comedy. I think there's more comedy in Beverly Hills Cop 1. But, um, but Beverly Hills Cop 3, directed by John Landis, who did so great with Eddie Murphy with Coming to America and, uh, and Trading Places. But man, I remember how excited I was to see Beverly Hills Cop 3. And it, it's got the worst blue screen. It used to be green screen, but yeah. then I think they did blue screen back then. It is horrible. It is horrible. Yeah, when he's on the Ferris wheel. When he's on the Ferris wheel, it looks... <laughs> it looks so fake. Like, I laugh whenever I see it, because I'm like, how did that get through post? And people <laughs> went, that looks pretty good. Because, like, they have, like, clouds, but they're not moving. Yeah, that looks pretty great. 
<laughs> it really looks like he's up there. It doesn't. It doesn't look like he's up there at all, saving kids on a Ferris wheel. All right, Kyle, let's jump into... Uh, I got oh, no, no more Bev Cop Top? No, no, no more Bev Cop Top talk. I need to jump into... But I do need to know what's happening with Harry and Sue. Oh, God, there. If you could drop us into four minutes and 50 seconds. This song is almost as long as the original Harry and Sue. It's like, it's like a second shorter. Yeah. It's, that's weird. Oh, I asked her to come to the concert. She said, no, I work at night. I said, we've gotten too damn good at leaving Sue. She said, Harry, you're right. Or which one of us started to cry Don't ask me why she wouldn't take the money that I left If I answered it all, I'd lie Okay, so he just basically treated her like a whore Yeah (laughs) Now, and he won't tell us who cried when they made love It's him Harry cried when he made love to Sue Is it because... Was her body so beaten down that he couldn't believe he was making love to this uh, this scrag? <laughs> or, or could he not believe that he finally got the girl of his dreams? Dream girl or scrag girl? Mm-hmm. Discuss. I just think he cries during sex no matter what. What is wrong with Harry? <laughs> this guy's on top of the world. He's a recording artist touring the, touring the world. You don't cry when you have sex. Or do you think he has erectile dysfunction? <laughs> then he leaves money for her. What was, how bad was her apartment that he felt he had to leave some money? Or how good was that sex? Either, either <laughs> way, man, Sue's making some dollars, right? I don't know where, I, I don't know where this story's going to go. We're going to check back. Can we check back in later? <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, there is a phenomenon in sequel albums. It's, uh, it's live albums. Kiss Alive 1, Kiss Alive 2, Kiss Alive 3, Kiss, Kiss Alive, Alive 4, f- Symphony. Kiss Alive 4, well, Kiss Alive Symphony, then Kiss Alive 4, the Millennial Concert came after that. Oh. So that's actually Kiss Alive 5. So way too much Kiss and way too much of them being alive. And a lot of those albums are not really live. Um, but one of the most famous live albums of all time is Frampton Comes Alive. It's very much like Cheap Trick at Budokan. It's the live album broke the artist. And Kiss Alive, that broke them. You didn't bring out Budokan 2? I didn't bring out Budokan 2. But there is. There's, yeah. there's a, it's just called Budokan 2. But yeah, I didn't. Because then, they, they, then they put it all and made it the, the complete collect concert, which was Budokan 2. And yeah, so it just got too crazy. Yeah. Plus, we've played a lot of cheap trick. And I'm mad at that new album. I really hate that new album. Bang, zoom, crazy, goodbye. I'm never listening to it again. What it should be called. But uh, Frampton Comes Alive. Let's hear a little bit. This is from 1976. Let's hear a little bit of Show Me the Way. I wonder how you're feeling. There's ringing in my ears. I know one to relate to. Say at the sea. Who can I believe in? I'm needing on the floor. Stars are out and shining, but all I really want to love 
talk box is great. So that's that's classic. That's Frampton Comes Alive from 1976. That's Charlie Brown's mom on vocals. That right yeah, there. she's amazing. She's it's a duet actually. They're doing. Uh, in 1995, we get a little Frampton's s- dead. <laughs> Frampton comes up short. No, Frampton comes alive too. Are you looking at those album covers? Yeah. I mean, it's it's an updated. I mean, he doesn't try to recapture the original cover. Yeah, it's but I, I like the Frampton comes alive. I am the hairs are receding a little bit, but he looks it's short and he looks he looks cool. Mm-hmm. But uh, so basically, Frampton comes alive too is uh, is live versions of his most recent studio tracks. But then they did have to slip uh, a special edition disc two in there that includes um, all the famous songs from from uh, Frampton Comes Alive 1. But let's listen to, uh, this is uh, 19 years since the original, and this is a song, this is a big hit for him, this is called Lying. Yeah, if you're if you're a fan of uh, Peter Frampton's later material, uh, you know between '76 and '95, you can find it here. And um, you know both albums produced by Peter Frampton, so they both sound good. And uh, Frampton comes alive too. Yeah. Now we're going to delve into another classic, one of the most another classic live album mm-hmm. is something by Neil Diamond from 1972. It's called Hot August Night. Mm-hmm. Let's listen. And he looks crazy on this album cover. He's like a hippie. This might be the coolest he's ever looked. It looks like he's holding a large penis. That's I know his, his hands. Yeah, it does. Like if look, if anyone wants to get that album cover and Photoshop uh, a hoagie in there, or what else can we Photoshop in there? Uh, Any number of things. Do we have Do we have something we could give away? Um, it, to whoever, we'll just post it on the Facebook page. That's their prize. People, here's your prize. People will get to see it. So uh, post it on the Facebook page. Yeah, just tweet it to us. Yeah, put put but whatever the, you want in uh, in, in Neil Diamond's, Diamond's hands. Hand. I would like a, a hoagie for one thing. I would like him hugging us a very small David Wild. <laughs> I don't know if David Wild wants that. Maybe he does though. It's the Jewish Elvis. Yeah. Okay, let's hear Kentucky Woman from Hot August Night, recorded at the Greek Theater in Los Angeles. Kentucky woman should shine with her own kind of light Look at you once in a day, that's all wrong, looks all right And I love her, God knows I love her Kentucky woman, she gets to know you She comes to own you, Kentucky woman it's a very aggressive acoustic guitar. I like it. Uh, I wonder. I wonder if they ever approached him. If KFC ever approached him to make a song called "Kentucky Chicken." Kentucky Chicken. It's really crispy. <laughs> it's not original. <laughs> Get some sides now. Mm-mm. Eat me some corn. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, is that did it? You, did you I, say corn? Yeah. Cornbread. Damn. 
man, Steven Tyler, why? Why? All right. Hot August Night 2 comes out. Mm-hmm. Comes out, what, 15 years later? 25 years later, right? Mm. 72 to 87. No, 15. Kyle, it comes out 15 <laughs> years later. And uh, Neil has lost quite a bit of vocal capacity in these uh, 15 years. So let's hear a song called Cracklin' Rosie. Oh, I love my rosy child. You got the way to make me happy. You and me, we go in style. Cracklin' Rosie, you're a stubborn woman. You're the rash. You make me sing like a guitar hummer. Hang on to me, girl, our song keeps running Play it now, play it now, my lady. Crackling Rosie, make me a smile. Crackling Voicey. Your dad, my brother, would say, uh, I think he sounds exactly the same. Has <laughs> so he had, because he doesn't sound that bad now. Did he have, vo- did he did have, he have surgery polyps? or did they, did he? Um, I mean, he, he doesn't have. sound the same. He doesn't sound the same as he did on the first August night, hot August night. But he doesn't. He doesn't sound as bad, right? As that now. I see what you're saying. There's also a hot August night in New York City, but we're not gonna touch that because that wasn't at the Greek. <laughs> that wasn't at the Greek. Um, I mean, I, I don't mind either one of those. Hot albums. July night, New York City. <laughs> I don't mind either one of those albums, but it's, you know, he's he's lost a little vocal. I think yeah. he's still, at that point, he was still smoking. He might even still smoke. Mm. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so maybe put a giant cigar in his um, hands in that one. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, you got something for us? I'm off mic a little bit. You got something for us? Um... I don't think so. You're done? All your things have been played? Oh, no, I do have, I do have right. another one. Come Sorry, on, I was looking at the wrong thing. Play um, it now. So this is... My lady. This is a band... Crackling uh, Kyle. <laughs> this is Stone Sour. Um, their lead singer is Corey Taylor, who's also the lead singer of... I'm eating a Sour Patch kid. <laughs> oh, that Sinead was here. Oh, uh, <laughs> the uh, Their lead singer is uh, yeah Corey Taylor. Corey Taylor, who is the lead singer of Slipknot. And if you want to see something hilarious, watch online the uh, interview of Larry King with Corey Taylor. And Larry King can't understand how he's in two different bands. <laughs> he just can't wrap his also, head Also, follow Larry King on Twitter. He's Because the other <laughs> night I retweeted, you know, one of his things was, um, oh, I forget what it was. I like lemonade sometimes. <laughs> Hey, if I was younger, I'd try water skiing. I mean, it's literally, that's what it is. It's just like, it's at King's Things, I think is what it is. Yeah, King at King's Things, I think that's what it is too. Or he'll be, hey, is there any better vocalist than country singer Lori Morgan? I mean, it's just like, <laughs> it's insanity, but it's so funny. Because he uh, calls it, I think he hashtags it my two cents or something like yeah. that. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to read some of these. Um, so in 2012, they had a an album called House of Gold and Bones Part 1, and then Ooh. 2013, House of Gold and Bones Part 2. Okay. This is from Part 1, and this is called Absolute Zero. Feel the- 
That's a good song. I, I actually wanted to hear more. Oh, really? Yeah, that's how good that was. Hmm. I enjoyed that. This is uh, this is do me a favor, and this is from part two. Sour? Yeah. Are the covers similar? Uh, yeah, they are similar. the The first one is like is um. Here's the second. There's the second one. All right. And then. That's oh the yeah, first one. those are cool covers. Yeah. Evil covers. Mm-hmm. I like that band. I like that. I like the music you played. I don't yeah. know if I'd like a whole album, but what you just played was good. Yeah. Did you pick the best of the best? Um. Yeah, I picked. I picked. Do me a favor because it sounds a little like Absolute Zero, uh-huh. but not. It's a little harder, but yeah. Want to hear a little of Larry King's two cents? Yeah, sure. These are these are incredible. I can't believe I've never been to Vermont. <laughs> dot dot dot. <laughs> I haven't heard the word galoshes in years. <laughs> dot dot dot. Do conjoined twins go to England so the other one can drive the car? <laughs> I wish I was making it up. You I should, wish you, I you was. should go on the road and just read these. Do blind people see in their dreams? <laughs> I mean, these, I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's They're crazy, but some of them are oddly profound. Well, you know what? It's his two cents. I'm not a handy guy, but I like being in hardware stores. <laughs> <laughs> cell phones should be banned at the dinner table. <laughs> As he tweets it from his cell phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> It just said, it just said, cell phone should be banned from the dinner table. Now pass the salt. <laughs> Larry, that would have, that would have really, that would have been funny. Okay. Uh, let's go to, I'm going to call this a sneakwell. Okay. I'm going to call this one a sneakwell. We are going to play, uh, there's a couple of Queen albums. One came out in 1975. One came out in 1976. One was Night at the Opera. The other one was Day at the Races. The covers are the same, except uh, it's very similar, except a white background, black background. Maybe you would call these companion pieces. I mean, there's no set theme or story, but I'm just sneaking these in in here as a sneakwell. And from A Night at the Opera, let's hear uh, Death on Two Legs. It kicks off the album. Two legs, you're tearing me apart. 
that's why Queen's great right there. Death mm-hmm. on Two Legs is so amazing. On the live album, Life Killers, it, they beep it out, but Freddie Mercury says, this song's about, a, and it just goes beep, beep, beep. So I don't know if they named the manager or who it was about, but um, they bleep it out. You doing research right now? Yeah. Yeah. Death on Two Legs Live from Live Killers. They bleep something out. I don't know what it is. I've never known. Hmm. I've never, ever known. Oh, Kyle, could you find it for me? I'd love to know what Freddie said. Jeez, uh, there, Edith, I'm trying to listen to Death on Two Legs. Uh, here, we'll play We'll play your other one while I look it up. Jeez, there, meathead. Could you, uh, uh, Dave's a racist. Could you put a little tie your mother down? Yep. Okay. thought that was going to go on longer. <laughs> get the party going, get the big Yes. What are we hearing? Uh, oh, do you have it? Yeah. I know who it's about, and I know what he said when they bleeped it. So Should we play the bleep version first? Nah, we're fine. Let's just no. hear it. So during live performances, Mercury would usually dedicate the song to, quote, a real motherfucker of a gentleman. This line was censored using bleeps on their Live Killers album. All right. But it's, con- it's uh, considered to be a hate letter towards their former manager, Norman Sheffield. And Mercury described it as being so vindictive that Brian felt bad singing it. <laughs> Death on two legs. <laughs> um, the song made no direct reference to him, but Sheffield was appalled when he heard it for the first time and sued both the band and the record label for defamation, yeah, which resulted think, in an out-of-court settlement. I don't think you can sue someone for defamation if they didn't say your name. Yeah. And, and then basically he would be admitting that... Well, the, they, they said the out-of-court settlement then... Re- revealed to the public his connection to the song. Ah, so they didn't mind paying the guy 25 quid. (laughs) (laughs) 25 quid. Okay, let's hear him say it. Uh, Where is it? Do you have it? Oh, no, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Oh, oh, we don't have him saying that. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought we were going to hear him say it. No, 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 I just said I found... Well, I'm glad you found it. What it was. No, it's uneventful. (laughs) Um, I'll tell you what's not uneventful, though is uh, what's happening with our friends, Harry and Sue. I think this is the last. It can't be the last. Yeah, it is the last one. Wait a minute. Because we played through the other two. Did we play f- at 450? Yeah, we played 450 and 512 in that last I think there's. I think there's one that comes after that. Yeah, that's what I mean. This one's the last one. Wait a minute. We play, Oh, we played 450 and through 512. Yeah. Let's save it then. Let's save it for the end. I want okay. people, I want to play out with this. Okay. All right. So the last thing we heard, though, was about him making love. Yeah, leaving right. some money. All right. I see what you're saying. Okay, here's a legitimate sequel. Yeah. It's not a sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, first album came out in 1982 and had some gigantic hits. And we're going to hear one of them right now. This is Joe Jackson from Night and Day. This is Stepping Out.
Oh, you know that song. Mm-hmm. Other songs. I song like, in a story yesterday. You did? Yeah. Did you did you dance along? Did you, oh, this is good, or did you not like this? No, I liked it. I was like, oh, this is Joe Jackson. Um, other uh, other songs, uh, we got Stepping Out, Breaking Us in Two, a mm-hmm. song called Real Men, uh, had a video that was played on MTV. Um, and, um, and this song, which he plays in concert, uh, closes the album, seven minutes long. Let's hear a little bit of something called A Slow Song. But I'm brutalized by bass. This is his only platinum album. This sold one million copies. It's his only platinum disc. That has a great cover. That is a great cover. I actually wish the that sequel. the sequel would have done that same thing. But he seems like a guy that wouldn't do that. Yeah, he seems they, like a guy. I'll, I'll name it Night and Day too, but I don't want to have the same. No, cover. I'd rather I'd, uh, put me in a put put Tilda Swinton in a taxi. <laughs> That's what it is. You see, uh, he's in a car driving through New York City. His face is in the rearview mirror. Um, this album came out in uh, 2000. What, that's 18 years later? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a revisit of the style of the prior album, Night and Day. Songs are about New York City and New York City lifestyle. I um, There's some great songs on this album, but then there's, there's some songs that, you know, this doesn't hold together as well for me. As, uh, as Night and Day does, which is uh, obviously a million-selling classic. But this song is one of my favorite Joe Jackson songs, and it does come from Night and Day, too. And this is Stranger Than You. Had a bar on 43rd, had a quarter to two. Met my friend, the Chinese Elvis, and hoisted a few. He talks like That's a good song. Mm-hmm. I wish the rest of the album was like, had that groove or that quality of songwriting, I guess it's just, I should say. I guess I should say. Jeez, mm-hmm. yeah, Edith, that was great. Joe Jackson singing about it. <laughs> stranger than you. I tell you what, Edith, no one's stranger than you. Use. <laughs> stranger than use. Okay. We save it. We save it for last because this is the juggernaut of all juggernauts yeah. of sequel albums. Because there's three volumes. 
every list I went on said the third one was the worst of all time of any sequel. <laughs> I man, I boy, I we'll talk about it. We'll talk I don't, about I don't know enough about it. I just. I, I can tell you what, this guy has a new album coming out this year, and uh, Jimmy Pardo said that he will sit in here and we will do an all-meatloaf episode. So, of course, we're talking about, we're going to start this thing out with Bat Out of Hell. came out in 1977. It's produced by Todd Rundgren. All songs written by Jim Steinman. Um, this thing, how many albums did this thing sell? This is just, this is an insane amount of albums. This has sold... They don't even, they can't even nail it down. It says 30 to 43 million copies worldwide. It's pretty, it's four, pretty big margin of error. Four, well, 14, it says 14 plus, uh, or 14 times platinum in the U.S. alone. So that's, that's pretty amazing. For, I think this album was rejected by like every label. I think Todd Rundgren really is the guy that was able to shape this thing up and get it releasable. I know when they would pitch this album to, um, to record companies, they would go in and perform the entire album live right there in their offices. They'd wheel a piano in and the singers and everyone, and they would do it right there live. Wow. Which, uh, which obviously didn't work a bunch of times. <laughs> but um, let's hear the title track. Uh, it clocks in at nine minutes and 52 seconds. We'll hear about nine minutes of this. This is uh, Bad Out of Hell. This album is uh, seven songs. It's uh, a thousand minutes. Clocks in at forty-six minutes. Uh, the individual songs are great, but really, uh, as an album listening experience, I, I recommend you listen uh, top to bottom. People who played on this, we had drums from Max Weinberg from the E Street Band. He plays on mm -hmm. uh, he plays on the song we just heard, as well as what other songs does he play on? Pat, he plays on "You Took the Words Right Out of My Mouth." And he plays on Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Uh, also, Roy Bitten uh, from the E Street Band plays piano and keyboards on those exact same songs. Other people in this album include every member of Utopia, Todd Rundgren, Chasm Sultan, Roger Powell, and John Willie Wilcox. Uh, Edgar Winter plays saxophone on this album. It's Ellen Foley sings background vocals. Phil Rizzuto does a play-by-play -play on the... Uh, you took the words right out of my mm -hmm. mouth. No, no, on um, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Uh, so yeah, this is just it's 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 great. Even if you haven't heard it, you feel like you've heard it the whole album. Yeah. So let's jump ahead, Kyle. It's uh, it's now 1993. How many years is that? 
That is uh, 16 years. 16 years. Meatloaf has uh, he's been on the road constantly, but the album sales haven't been good for years and years and years. Um, it's actually been about seven years since his uh, previous release, which is horrible. It's the only one I don't own, Blind Before I Stop. I, I hate it. And so everything seems to be against this album. Mm-hmm. Bat, out of, Bat Out of Hell 2, um, Back Into Hell. I will say, looking at this album cover and the next one's album cover, yeah. I think they should be switched. Okay, I get you. Because this one, the Beast is on the Empire State Building, right? And the other one, they're actually like in like a hell-looking yeah. place. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I agree. Yeah, I'm not gonna disagree. But um, so this has all songs again by so Jim, cool. Jim Steinman. Um, Jim, Jim Steinman produces this album. It's got uh, it's got eleven tracks. I think we got Roy Bitten plays on this. Todd Rundgren does some background vocals. Kenny Aronoff, friend of the show, yeah, plays drums on this album. Um, it has a song that they released as a single. I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that. It's twelve minutes and forty four seconds. How they were able to cut this thing down to uh, a workable single track is is beyond me. But they did it. They did uh, the single edit is uh, five minutes and twenty five seconds. But um, anyway, let's let's listen to uh, we're gonna listen to a lot of this because the thing with these songs is it takes a while. you got to really hear a lot of it to get yeah, all the layers. Build. Yeah, yeah. So this is this song clocks in at seven minutes and thirty two seconds, and this is everything louder than everything else. There's a party raging somewhere. Milo's voice sounds incredible on that. Yeah. So all those years of touring didn't uh, just seem to strengthen the instrument. It didn't seem to uh, wear it down. I don't think Meatloaf uh, ever smoked or really drank. He just enjoyed mm-hmm. a nice, uh, nice uh, slice of meatloaf and a nice baked potato. <laughs> uh, this thing, against all odds, you would think that a Meatloaf a sequel album in 1993. What was going on in '93, Kyle? What kind of music was Some grunge? Grunge rap. I know, and this thing sells. 20 million copies worldwide, 6 million, uh, 5 million in the USA. I mean, that was crazy. Unbelievable. I think, I think he won a Grammy that year. I think. Did he win, did he win a Grammy? I want to say he won a Grammy. I don't know that for a fact. I'm whispering now. Uh, yeah, he won uh, best Grammy in 94 for I Would Do Anything for Love. What was the category? Best rock vocal performer. And, and he should get that. Yeah. 
Also, all their categories are bullshit. <laughs> Here we go. That's David Wilde's show. We can't mock that. Can't make fun of it. He doesn't categories. make the categories up. He does. He does everything. He actually oh. selects the winners. Oh. Yeah. So we might want to edit that. <laughs> all right, Kyle. We're going to cut to 2006. How many years is that? 13, 13 years? Yeah. 13 years since Bat Out of Hell 2. And we get Bat Out of Hell 3. And 29 years. Yes. Bat Out of Hell 1. We get Bat Out of Hell 3. The monster is loose. Jim Steinman does not produce it. Desmond Child does, an excellent producer and, and songwriter in his own right. Also, Jim Steinman does not write every song. So it says, I think it says featuring songs by Jim Steinman. He writes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Now, they probably could have just made it a seven, yeah. seven song album if they wanted to. But um, I think some of the other songs on here are pretty great. This album clocks in at 77 minutes because they're using the full capacity of that compact disc at this point, mm-hmm. Kyle. Um, who else writes songs in this? John Five, Nikki Six, uh, Desmond Child, James Michael from uh, 6 a.m., Holly Knight. Uh, anyone else on here? That's about it. Marty Fredrickson. So um, got 14 songs. And again, I think I think they could have they could have lost a little fat on this. But again, all the album covers look great together. Yeah, they're, they're all good. And uh, we're gonna hear a song that was written by Desmond Child, Holly Knight, uh, a woman named Andrea Romanda, and, uh, and a guy named James Michael. And uh, and the song is called Alive. I'm still alive, must have been a miracle It's been a hell of a ride, destination's still unknown It's a fact of life, if you make one wrong move With a gun to your head, you better walk the line Or you'll be left for dead Meatloaf sounds great on that album, too. Yeah. That was Kenny Aronoff on drums on that track. He plays on, on a bunch of tracks on this album. Jennifer Hudson does guest vocals. Brian May has a guitar solo on this album. Steve Vai plays guitar on the album. Uh, Todd Rundgren does background vocals. I don't know if I said that before or not. Chasm Salton plays bass and sings background vocals. So this is, um, this is, a, this is, a, pretty, this is a pretty solid mm-hmm. trilogy with, with definitely this one being... The weakest, but if you pull your the best ten songs off this, uh, there's some great songs on this. So, "Blind as a Bat," "It's All Coming Back to Me Now," which was made famous by I think Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. He finally does a version of "Bad for Good," which was on Jim Steinman's solo album. So, um, yeah, it's got some, and, and I love that song "Alive." I think that's really yeah. a great tune. So, uh, Meatloaf, I don't know what your new album is going to sound like. Kind of do, kind of know what it's going to sound like. Um, but we will still, when it comes out, uh, Jimmy Pardo and I would do a full meatloaf episode. We'll probably get to play four songs. <laughs> uh, I think this was a good topic. Yeah. I, I wanted to pat myself on the back, but bravo, Pat. Yeah. Kyle. Yeah. You brought in some good stuff too. Thanks. 
This is good. What do we clock in at? How long was this? I thought this was going to be super long. What is it? It's like two hours. Just two hours? Yeah. All right. And I added out the songs you play. We're right down to about an hour and 50. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you one thing. We got Andrew Rich. He writes, uh, I'm going to tell more than one thing. Andrew Rich writes the amazing show notes. Uh, You can find those on rocksolidpodcast.com. Also, that's where you find the Amazon affiliate link. Click on that before you buy anything on Amazon and just... uh, Go through the link to buy stuff. Uh, God damn it, I've been buying stuff lately and I'm not clicking on the link. So it's yeah. hard to remember, folks. So try to remember it. Also, I do post links to all the songs we play. So if you if you find a song that you've never heard, maybe you like that Harry Chapin sequel song. You want to click on that and you buy that right at Amazon for yourself. Yeah. Uh, we are at Rock Solid Show. Kyle is at Kyle.SomeFunny. I am at Pat underscore Francis. Um, got great guys that are doing the Facebook artwork. And Kyle, you're going to have a new website up... Uh, Soonish. Soon. Like, what do you think? August? Uh, September? September? When do we launch that? Labor Day? Sure. All right. <laughs> so uh, lots of stuff happening. Still working on guests. Uh, Dave Perner did not happen because uh, they wanted us to record him at the venue and they were going to give me 15 minutes. So I said, mm, no, no, thank you. Yeah. I can't even cover. I can't even. What am I going to ask him? What's your favorite? What, hey, what, hey, what'd you have for lunch? Hey, how long did it take to record this new album? Okay, thanks, Dave. I mean, I can't. I yeah. want to give the. I want to give a guest the full rock solid uh, treatment. Yeah. So, so hopefully, when they come back through. Uh, yeah, when they the come chair. back through, uh, they were they were not against it. They just didn't have the time. So, um, still working on uh, Mr. Rick Springfield. Yep. Still working on that hard and working on some other guests too. So uh, keep listening. Like us on Facebook. Write a nice review for us on uh, on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Kyle, we're just going to play out and just let this play out to the end because I, I got to find out what is happening with our old friends, Harry and Sue. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks. So I thought about her as I sang that night and of how the circle keeps rolling around. How I act as I'm facing the footlights And how she's flying with both feet on the ground I guess it's the sequel to our story From the journey between heaven and hell With half the time thinking of what might have been And half thinking just as well I guess oh 